Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. All right, go ahead and turn to your neighbor and tell them the title of today's message. Lesser blessing. Lesser blessing. Lesser blessing. Did you make it to John chapter 3, verse 22? All right, here we go. Here we go. We're going to do it. Verse 22 says, then Jesus. Somebody say, then Jesus. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people, verse 23. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism, verse 24. This was before John was thrown into prison, verse 25. A debate broke out between John's disciples and certain and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing, verse 26. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man we, you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. And everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. Come on. I just love human vernacular in the midst of everything. You just said it was the Messiah, and they're going to him instead of to us. I, I wonder why. Verse 27, John replied. This is what I love right here. I love this about John. This is, this is his spirit. This is what he's all about. Verse 27, John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. Verse 28, you yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only to here to prepare the way for him. Verse 29, it is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. Verse 30, he must become greater and greater. Somebody say greater and greater. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Verse 31, he has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are, we are of the earth, and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. Verse 32, he testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Verse 33, anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the spirit without limit. Verse 35, the father loves his son and has put everything into his hands, and anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this message this morning. God, I thank you for your word that is alive and well and transforming our hearts and minds as we sit here this morning. God, we give you permission to touch the deepest parts of our heart. God, to change the way we think and to help us see the way that you see. And so, God, we give you glory today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Who has enjoyed this series so far, Mind Space? Has it been so good? Yeah, all four of you, that's wonderful. Um, I'm glad you liked it because this is week 10, part 10 of Mind Space. It's hard to imagine 10 weeks that we've been going through this. But every time I try to shut it down, God wants to bring more stuff up and show me more things. And, and so I have to keep going. You understand? I don't, I don't, I don't rule over this church. I'm not a dictator. Uh, this, is, this is God's church. I just get to be the mouthpiece. Amen? 
Amen. So as I was reading this, and, and we were, my, my bride and I were talking, and I was sharing with her some of the revelations that God had been giving me. I, I was sharing these things with her, and she said, oh, man, I think that that's, a, that's the next message about a lesser blessing. And I'm like, oh, you're so right. And, and I think about this from that human perspective. As we read this, it makes sense, right? We, we get it. Why would everybody want to be baptized by Jesus instead of the second-rate John the Baptist? Are you with me, right? It's like if, if Jesus came back today and, and was doing church over at the park and, and somebody came up and said, nobody's coming to church anymore. They all want to go and hang out with Jesus over at the park. I would say, amen. Why are we here? Let's shut down church. We're going to the park, amen. And so... I love John the Baptist as, as he's here because to everyone else, he, he was the spiritual leader of that time. Like, like he was the renegade preacher eating bugs out in the wilderness, like crazy dude, lover of God. And people would go to hear him speak and be baptized by John the Baptizer. Are you with me? But as soon as Jesus comes into the scene, he's like, oh, no, no, no. I need to be less and less and for him to be more and more. How many of us, that is our life right now, right? We, we just went through Thanksgiving. Black Friday happened. Are you with me? And now we're thinking to ourselves like, oh, here comes the Christmas, Christmas craziness. Amen. Here's point number one for my note takers. Do I have some note takers out there? A few note takers? Good. I will remind myself it's not about me. I will remind myself it's not about me. Come on, somebody say it's not about me. Say it like you mean it. You know what? Just tell your neighbor it's not about you. I feel like you can do that more passionately. Like, like it's not about you. Right? And, and if, if you looked at a specific neighbor and said that a little more passionately than the other one, we have counseling sessions after church. Like, whatever you need, we're here for you. $99 an hour, we can make this work. No, I'm just kidding. I got I to gotta do Christmas presents, you guys, because it's, it's not about me. It's, you know, anyway, anyway, I'm just kidding. I will remind myself it's not about me. Too often in our Christian lives, we need to think less of ourselves. Less of ourselves. Like, I, think, I think a lot of us think badly of ourselves, but we don't think of ourselves less. Are you with me? Like, a lot of us think, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Like, I could never stand on that stage because they, there's sin in my life. I mess up too much. I don't even know if I can attend that church because if I attend that church, they're going to know. They're going to know that I, I, I cussed this week. They're going to know that at Black Friday, I was, I was not being a good Christian. Are you with me? They're going to know. They're going to know. But here's the thing. We, we're, we're so quick to think less of ourselves that I have no value. And then we start doing things like false humility. We pretend like we have no value. We think highly of ourselves, but we tell everybody else we're no good. But you've got to remember that God paid a price for each and every one of us. He paid a very high price for every one of us. He gave his only son so that we could live forever. He, he thought so highly of you that he gave his first, his only son. Are you with me? Like, like I love Noah. I love you, buddy. But I'm not, I'm not going to trade his life for any of yours. Are you with me? I love you. But if it came between, if I was Spider-Man sitting on the thing and, and I've, I've got a bus full of children falling on this side and I've got my son, like, I've I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm praying for you. Like, you know, bless all the kids. You know, you're going to be fine. You've, you've hardly sinned. It's going to be great. 
Are you with me? Like, is anybody human like me? I'd probably save my son before I'd save all those kids. Are you with me? Chelsea would probably save the kids before me, but that's okay. She's, she's just a holier person than me. That's all it is. She is. She is. You know, that God giving his son for each of us already says that we have a high value. There's a high value for your life. God's not asking us to think less of ourselves. He's asking to think of ourselves less. Stop thinking of yourself so much. How many times do we get caught up in our own mind, in our own head, that, that like, oh, my gosh, what are they going to think? What are people going to say? What it's going to be like if I have to stand in, on a stage and talk in front of people? I mean, are they going to judge me? We're always thinking of ourselves, And God's just asking, just please stop thinking about yourself so much. Amen? Somebody give me an amen. I will remind myself it's not about me. I don't do these things for my own honor. Are you with me? Like, if, if what you do is for your own honor, how, how, many, how many people think it's important to be honorable? Is it important to be honorable? We, we, all, we all agree. It's important to be honorable. It's important to be an honorable person as we go about our life and do things. But if we do everything in our own honor... We fall short because our own honor, it, it, it goes away. It's, it's fleeting. It's, it's only here for a short time. Like there's a time to be honored, right? I can't wait till next week when we get to honor everybody who went through Rooted. Like it's, it's so awesome. How many people have been through Rooted in here? Oh, my goodness. Just raise your hand and lift up a shout like you enjoyed it. Come on. Because it, it's awesome. I love Rooted. I love what it does to people. I love what it grows inside of people. And I can't wait to honor them. But can I tell you, honoring them is going to be just a couple minutes, and then it's done. Like, we went through 10 weeks, Pastor. Why can't I have 10 weeks of honor? Like, like I had to show up every time and do the homework. Why can't I have a little more honor for this? Are you with me? How many of us, maybe we're, we would be more like John the Baptist's disciples, Saying like, hey, we've been baptizing longer than that guy that you called the Messiah. We've been doing the work. Like, why are people going to him? See, we all do this. We all do this whether we want to admit it or not. We all are looking for the glory. Like, hey, give me the attaboy. Tell me I did a good job. Tell me that I'm, I'm valuable. And we're forgetting that it's not about me. Amen? It's not about me. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Verse 3, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Somebody say his glory. See, when we live by our own ambitions, by our own dreams, we have hope for an experience that there will be glory. But when we live for God's dreams and God's visions, oh my goodness, the glory goes beyond your life. It's learning to live your life in a way that outlives your life. Oh my gosh. How many of us don't even know our great, 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 great grandparents' names? I don't know. Some of you do, but I don't know. So how do we live a life that outlives our life? How many of us know the name of Jesus? Are you with me? How, if we live in a way that gives honor and glory to God, then, then it will outlive anything of that my breath on this earth will live. 
No one's going to remember all the goofy things that I did on this stage. Are you with me? But they will remember Jesus. And that's the goal. It's not about me. It's about him. Amen? It's, it's not about me. I, I, I want my kids to learn how to honor me because I want them to learn how to honor God. I'm not here for them to honor me because I deserve it. Are you with me? But the Bible says that that's one of the only commandments with a promise is to honor your father and mother. So we honor our father and mother, but it's to learn how to honor God. You see, if they can learn how to heed my voice, maybe they can learn how to heed his voice. Are you with me? Is anybody here today? I just want to make sure. Come on. When we die to ourselves, we share in his glory. Here's point number two. I will die to myself to share in his glory. Come on, can we say that together? I will die to myself to share in his glory. Listen, his glory is much better than your glory. Your glory is fleeting. It's fleeting. How many of us have lived in the good old days? You remember when you threw that touchdown pass your senior year of high school? And you're still living it out. Are you with me? Like, how many times are we going to live in the past and forget that God has a great and glorious future for our lives? You see, when we live for His purpose and for His glory, we get to share in that glory. Listen, I can't heal a single person. I'm not a doctor. I'm not educated enough to know how to heal somebody. But can I tell you, I've prayed for dozens and dozens of people and watched God heal them. He gets the glory because I don't have magical powers. Listen, I've got to tell you when, whoa, there goes that one. I will stay off of that one. When, when I was working with some other pastors and God started doing miracles, I didn't know what to do with it. I was scared. I was like, is this real? Does this really happen? I thought this was only in the book of Acts. And when I started praying for people and people would, cancer would leave their body. When, when I pray for people and they'd cuss in the middle of service because their, 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 their wrist was healed and they took the brace off. And, of course, the only thing you could say is, holy shiitake mushrooms, are you with me? But I remember telling some other pastors when they said, like, hey, you, you can't do that. Like, you can't do that on a Sunday morning. And I said, do what? They said, you can't, you can't be praying for people and miraculous healings to happen on a Sunday morning. And I said, I can't heal anyone. So if God wants to keep healing people, you've got to take that up with him. Otherwise, I just look like a goofball because nothing's happening, and I'm praying all these weird prayers and nothing's happening. Are you with me? But when you share in God's glory, listen, when you share in God's glory, I, I'm pretty sure these pastors were looking at me like, like, a, like a cow looking at a new gate, like, does that really happen? Like, not in Africa somewhere? Like, not on a missions trip? What do you, it happens here? And it's one of those moments where when God gets the glory, man, he'll start doing things that you can't imagine. He wants the glory, and he wants to do it through you. Are you with me? Romans 8, 17 says, And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Does that sound good? Does that sound good to anybody? We, we get to be heirs with Christ, which means we get to be heirs with his glory. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good. But, somebody say but. Yeah, this part. There, there's, you know, we got to keep reading. The verse isn't over yet. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. 
Oh. Oh. If we are to share his glory, we're also to share his suffering. Man, what, is, what does that look like? What does is, what is sharing in his suffering look like? How many, how many of you like to have a plan? Where are, my, where are my planners at? Oh, I've got a lot of planners in this church. Oh, goodness, we need to have a meeting. Are you with me? Because I need more planners. Like, I, I fly by the seat of my pants too much, and I need your gifts and talents. Are you with me? My, my wife is saying more amens in this moment than she's ever said in her life. Here, here's, here's what happens when we, share, when we share in his suffering. He doesn't always tell us the plan. Why do, why do most people not do what I do? Because there's not a lot of planning you get to do. Not a lot of control. It goes crazy. I mean, when, just when you think you have control, the world has a pandemic. Are you with me? Something happens that you absolutely can't control. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I'm, I was a business owner before I was a, a, a pastor. And so I liked to put a plan in place. I liked, does anybody like to write out business plans? Like, like you like to put a plan together and execute it. I know I got some military guys in here. Executing plans is where it's at, right? And making things happen. But with God, it doesn't work that way. See, he, he holds the plan. And he says, trust me. And you say, like, like how much? Like, are you going to let me see at least like 30% of it before we get started? Or, and, and a lot of the times, sometimes he's nice and he'll show you part of it. Sometimes. Other times he just goes, you're going to trust me because it's my plan and not yours. Amen? And, and all of a sudden, when you start living your life in such a way that God can use you in that way, I got to tell you, there's been so many times I've been telling my bride when, when we're talking about the week and what are you preaching on this week? And I've had so many weeks where God doesn't tell me anything until like Saturday. It bothers me. Are you with me? Like, like there's, is any, do I have any other humans in here that are like, God, I'd like, like a little bit of insight before we get going here because I, got, I have to preach on Sunday and everyone's going to be looking at me and they're going to expect something good to come out. And he doesn't always tell me the plan. There's a lot of times I'm sitting there going like, all right, Lord, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, it's your word, it's your church. I just get to be the goofball that you use. Are you with me? I mean, John the Baptist realized this as we're going through that. He realized, I'm just here to be a groomsman. That's it. I'm here to share in that moment with him. I get to see the glory as he comes to his bride and says, I do. But I get to stand there and be a part of it. I'm not the groom. Are you with me? There's a lot of us that we have made ourselves an idol in our own lives, thinking that we need control. Oh, goodness. I, this mind space stuff, is this going to go on for the rest of the year? I'm not even sure. It's, it's still messing with us, isn't it? Ten weeks later, we're still talking about things that are just like, boom. Wow, I didn't even know I needed to hear that. But God is working, amen? It's his plan. It's how he does things. I'm like, let's, let's get on to some Christmas stuff, Lord. I want to talk about Christmas stuff. I, that sounds fun. I, where are my fun people at? They, people like to have fun. Yeah, there's, there's my parties. You're going to be at the volunteer party, right? You're gonna be, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun, win some prizes, and do some crazy stuff. I'm going to have a good time. But here we are talking about the battle of the mind and how to win it still. While sharing in God's glory sounds incredible, sharing in his suffering does not sound so appealing. John 13 Verse 18 says, I am not saying these things to all of you, 
I know the ones I have chosen. But this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. Verse 19, I tell you this beforehand, so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. Verse 20, I tell you the truth. Anyone who becomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming my Father who sent me. Verse 21, now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Now, some of you have kind of figured out where we're at right there. He's talking about Judas. He's sitting there, and he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the people that he's brought along with him. Has it, did anybody go and see The Chosen now this week? They, they missed it the first week, but you saw it this week, right, and had a good time. It was so awesome. Thanks for coming to church today, too. I, were you a little surprised who was preaching today, the person that was sitting right there with you? That was a little, a little bit awkward, huh? But uh, it's all good. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad you made it today. But, man, we, we were, I was enjoying that. But I, I, when I was sitting there, I was sitting there with my friend, and he said to me, he says, wait a minute, you mean Judas started out as a good guy? You see, when we read the Bible, because we already read the story, we know what happens. So when we, as soon as we see his name, we're thinking villain. Villain. This is the bad guy. This is the guy that turns in Jesus. He's the one who betrays Jesus. But, but I love even watching it on the big screen. You have to realize that he gave up his job. He gave up everything to follow Jesus. He's like, I, I have to do this. This is what I have to do with my life. I know that he's called me. I know that I have to go with him. It didn't matter what people around him were saying. I have to go after Jesus. But listen, how many of us are more like Judas than we realize? How many of us started out passionate and on fire and ended up being the betrayer? Yeah, I'm not looking at anyone specific. You, you can look at the floor if you want. You know, like, I'm not looking at you. I'm not judging you. But I'm looking at me. I, I think I need a mirror right here right now just to be like, oh, how many times have I betrayed Jesus? But you know what? Here's, here's, here's the kicker. Here's, here's the crazy part of the whole thing. He knew that Judas was going to do this. He knew that it was a part of God's plan. That if there was no G Judas, there would be no Jesus on the cross. He knew it had to happen. Like, I, I can only imagine as they were sitting around the table and, and, and Judas got nominated to handle the money. And Jesus is going like, okay, sounds good. I love that Jesus was both Totally God and totally human. Because right there in verse 21, it says, now Jesus was deeply troubled. Listen, with your walk with God, there will be a time where you are deeply troubled. Deeply troubled. Has anybody been betrayed in here before? Oh, that was an easy one, right? It's like just about all of us, right? We want somebody said one thing and did another. Somebody stabbed us in the back, said something terrible, right? Someone that you trusted, that you brought into the circle in your life, and yet they took advantage of you and hurt you. You see, I was talking with my bride this week, and, and this, is, this is why this message came to be, is I was telling her, I want to get to a place where even if God told me the whole plan, I would still say yes with the same enthusiasm. Because would you say yes to that person who betrayed you? Would you? In, in, in those moments, if you thought about it, do you remember the beginning of that relationship? 
where you poured out and you loved on this person and, and you had a good friendship. You went over to their house and you ate dinner with them. You spent time together. You were doing all these things. You were pouring into them when they were going through hard stuff. But if you knew that in a few months they would portray you and they would talk badly about you and lie about you behind your back, would you have still gone to their house for dinner? I think in our humanity we know the answer, right? Screw that guy. I ain't doing it. I know what you're going to do. I'm going to push you as far away as I can so I don't have to feel the way you're going to make me feel in a few months. Are you with me? And how many of us have been betrayed by people that now that we, we actually have that stance with everybody because you remember how they treated you in the beginning and how they betrayed you. And now you're seeing a new friend come into your life and you're seeing how they're treating you was really good and really awesome and really close and they seem like they love you. But if I let you close enough to me, then you might betray me like the last one did. Come on, where are we at, guys? I was telling Chelsea with all my heart, I pray that I can get to a place where God trusts me with that information because he knows that I'll still say yes because it's part of his purpose. Oh, does that just wreck somebody this morning? That wrecked me this week. As I thought to myself, would I say yes, knowing that that's part of the plan? See, it's a lot easier when I think of God being the infrastructure. He's, he's putting this all together. If I know it's part of the plan, right, I would say yes to it. But in our humanity, would we? In our humanity, would we? Or maybe we'd be kind of like Jesus. Again, like I love how human he is. When, when, he, when he's at the Garden of Gethsemane and he's getting ready to go out and put on the cross and he says, Lord, if there's any other way, can you take this cup from me? Don't make me have to go through this. But nevertheless, come on, but nevertheless, your will be done. You see, he already knew what he was having to go through. He already knew who was going to betray him. He already knew and said yes anyways. I mean, imagine what that felt like when Judas came up to him and says, hey, I want to follow you. I just gave up all of my livelihood. I want to follow you. And Jesus goes, awesome. Let's do this. You want to be my disciple? Let's do this. Welcome aboard, Judas. You see, for us that know the, know the story, we'd probably be, I don't know if you're like me when you're watching movies. Like, when I'm watching movies like Rocky, does anybody, anybody have Rocky fans in here? Like, like, when I'm watching Rocky and he gets knocked down, I'm like, get up! You can do it! He's right behind you! Anointing. There it is. My son's looking at me like, did you just spray all of that? Say it, don't spray it. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm like, come on, man, you can do it, you can do it. And, and I don't know if you were like me when you were watching The Chosen, you're like, don't, don't pick Judas. Not that, I don't care how much he's smiling and how excited he is. It's going to suck later, Jesus. But he already knew. See, he already knew. He knew what guys were thinking when they would walk up. He said they were troubled in their hearts. They were thinking, who's, who's the greatest among us? So he'd have to tell them, hey, I see what you're thinking. If you want to be the greatest among you, you have to be the least and the servant of all. He would start talking to them about what they were thinking in the room. So Jesus knew what Judas was going to do. Listen, Jesus knew what you were going to do. He knew how I was going to screw up. He knew how messed up I was going to be. And yet he chose you. And yet, he chose me. Yet, he chose us for such a time as this. Are you with me? Point number three for my note takers. 
to experience God's greater glory, I will choose the lesser blessing. I think most of our faith, most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we are all about addition and multiplication. Like, God, add to me. Multiply to me. Bring me more. Are you with me? I think it's kind of like that same nature that, that when we're done with Thanksgiving, the very next day we go shopping, and I know we're not only shopping for everybody else. Are you with me? I got a hat the next day online, a new Oilers hat. I'm fired up about it. But are you with me? Like, like we don't just go shop for everybody else. Don't say that it's all generosity. I know some of it was, but it wasn't all generosity, was it? You see, it's amazing how that human nature, we think about ourselves. We think, I'll have faith because I know God's word says that I came to give you life and life more abundantly. You see, we believe in those scriptures, but when we talk about the suffering with him, I'll skim over that one real quick because I want to get back to the blessing. Can we get back to the blessing? Can, can we just talk about the blessing for a little bit? Come on, Pastor. Uh, Pastor, tell us, tell us how God's going to bless us. Tell us how he's going to pour out a blessing that we can't contain. Tell us. Tell us. It's true. He'll pour out a blessing that you can't contain. But he's also asking you to suffer with him. That means getting uncomfortable. That means saying yes to someone knowing they're going to stab you in the back. Are you with me? Because God said yes to you and you stabbed him in the back. Come on now. Oh, we're getting real today. Amen. Somebody say we're getting real. We're getting real. If you've ever been hurt by someone, betrayed, but did that, do you ever have that betrayal lead to something greater? Right? It was like you had to get through that betrayal to have that other relationship. They led you to a friend you never would have had. Are you with me? Like there's those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, like this moment of my life sucked. But it led to this person being in my life and I'm so grateful. Are you with me? Right? Some, some of us, we've gone through divorce and we look at our kids and we're grateful for the person that God put in our lives, but we wish we didn't have that other thing. Are you with me? See, God has a purpose in and all things. He'll work through in and all things. Are you with me? God has a plan. And if we knew the plan, we would go, hey, let's go, Lord. Let's do this. If you want to do greater things in me and through me, then let's go. But greater suffering comes with greater glory. Oh. You see, sometimes it's the lesser blessing that we have to ask for. Saying, hey, like, like John the Baptist sitting there going like, no, no, I don't need everybody to know my name now. Like, I want them to know Jesus. You see, a, a lot of us will have faith saying, God, I'll believe in you if you'll put me on stages in front of thousands. I'll believe on you if you'll, if you'll give me a bigger blessing to move on to the next thing. I'll believe in you if you'll do miracles every time I open my mouth. I'll believe in you. And he's like, no, I want you to believe in me even if I don't do anything. Even if you're in jail, even if, even if things hurt, even if, even if I don't heal you, even if, can we do it for his glory? Can we do it for his glory? Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. 
Come visit us here at Livingstone's Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.